when you work as one person, it's not shayach to say one person is better than the other, one person is doing more than the other. You're together. It's a team effort. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.org. This is The Prism of Torah, with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Boy, we know Moshe and Aaron are working as a team together already from the previous Parsha, Parsha's Ba'ira, in taking on this vital role of taking the Israel out of Mitzrayim as per Hashem's request. There's a very critical Rashi, in my opinion, that was in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Ba'ira, Perik Vav, Pasuk Vav. It says in the Pasuk, Hu Aaron Moshe. So Rashi notes that it's odd because Sometimes it says Moshe first and then Aaron. And in this Pasuk, it mentions Aaron's name first and only afterwards Moshe. So Rashi quotes a Mechilta and it says that sometimes the Pasuk says Moshe before Aaron, sometimes Aaron before Moshe. And why is that? To teach you that they're equal. And Lichora, it's a pele, it's a divrei tema. It's how can Rashi bring a Mechilta that says such a thing? There is numerous proofs that Moshe Rabbeinu was on a higher level than Aaron. First of all, Moshe Rabbeinu was Aaron's Rebbe. Second of all, we all know on Har Sinai, Moshe was able to get close to Tashem, and he's the one that went for 40 days and 40 nights with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to learn Torah, whereas Aaron stayed behind. And we all know from Anim Zmirois, Lokam Israel ke Moshe Oid. So you see that Moshe Rabbeinu was on a higher level than Aaron. If it's so true, like the Mechilta says, that they're equal, and they're sometimes Moshe's before Aaron, sometimes Aaron's before Moshe. So shouldn't that be an, an equally, it should be equally distributed. Sometimes Moshe Aaron, sometimes Aaron Moshe. But yes, we, yet we see the contrary. We see that almost all the time, it's Moshe before Aaron. And only once in a while, it's Aaron before Moshe. Elamai, it seems like Be'etzem, that all the three answers have to do with the fact that to a certain, from a certain perspective, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu is on a higher level. And we're talking about something specific here. So let's see the three different answers we were able to come up with. Answer number one, there's a famous Rambam that says that everyone can reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Rambam in Deus. And the question begs itself, what do you mean, Moshe Rabbeinu? He was on such a high level. How can everyone reach his level? And Rav Khan and Wasserman and others explain the Rambam. The Rambam is talking about just like Moshe Rabbeinu, reached his potential, so too everyone can reach their potential. But of course our potential is not like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, his Shorish Neshama was on such a high level. As he was born already, there was Vayi Oir. There's light in the room the second he was born, before anything. Obviously, the root of where his Neshama is from is a different place. And hence he was able to reach higher heights. However, just like we know, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges us is not on based on the level we reached, but it's rather based on how close we were to our potential, how much effort we put into changing. That is what we're being judged of. And that is the idea of Shlemus. A person has to work. He has different tools. Everyone has different tools, had different parents, different IQ, different skills that HaKadosh Buhu gave him. And with all those tools, he has to be Oyved Hashem. And hence the name of the game is how, to what efficiency are you using the tools that HaKadosh Buhu gave you to do your Avodah Sashem and to do what you need to do in life. And from that perspective, we're saying Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron were equal. That's answer number one. Meaning, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu was on a higher level, but it doesn't matter. Just like Hashem judges us based on how closely we managed to get to our potential, 
So too, he's telling us from that perspective, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron were equal, just like the Rambam saying everyone can reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. It is referring to our, our maximizing our potential. Which, by the way, open brackets. We know that this, based on this concept, we understand very well why it's ridiculous to to judge another person because you have no idea what tools he has. And hence, no matter what he does, you can't say, wait, I can't believe he's doing that. Oh, I can't believe he can't do that. What do you mean you can't believe? You don't know all the tools that he got. You don't know what parents he has, what environment he grew up in, what IQ he has. You have no idea to know this. And hence, it will be almost wrong of you to judge him because you can't not do this. We know, I saw an amazing mashal, a parable for this idea brought down in a and a book that was came out around two, three years ago called Batsatschat Ancheni. And it says, let, let's say you heard two different songs. One sounds amazing and one sounds okay. So you think the one that sounds amazing is the better singer. But really, when you go into the nitty gritty and the details of how they created the song, one person just taped himself with, his old, with an old MP3 player in his bedroom. Whereas another person, he had a whole studio and he was able to manipulate all the voice song sounds to make it sound perfect. And after have you, you have all these details, you're not so sure who's the better singer. It sounds like Dafka, the one that taped himself on a very simple MP3 player, has a way better voice. That is the same idea on how we cannot judge people. On the other hand, it does give us tools, excuse the pun, for us to judge other people favorably. Because maybe he doesn't have the same tools that we have. And hence, we should not compare anyone to ourselves for the same reason it's very dangerous to compare ourselves to someone else. And it's it's ridiculous to compare us to someone else because everyone has a different set of tools and everyone has a different tafkid purpose in this world. So Adkan, answer number one. Shkulim, of course Moshe Rabbeinu was on a higher level than Aaron, but Shkulim is in reference to the fact that they both were able to maximize their potential. Answer number two. Answer man, number two is different than answer number one from a basic factor, which is over here, when we say they're equal, we're only talking about this task of working together to take Nesel out of Mitzrayim. And this, Ramoshe Feinstein and Dush Moshe says it in his first answer, and he says that yes, it could be that Moshe Rabbeinu, it looks like he's doing a lot more than Awin. In fact, HaKadosh Buhu asked Moshe Rabbeinu to do everything. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, I can't talk. And then HaKadosh Buhu said, okay, so get Aaron to help you because you're not able to communicate properly to Paul. You're worried how it's, how it's going to look. It's not going to be covered enough. Okay. So you see, there was even one function that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't do and Aaron did instead of him. And we learn from here, here a big yesoid. The second you need another person to help, to do something that you are unable to help, still we see that you're both equal. In reference of the reward and what you did, it's nechshav equal. You would have said, no, Moshe Rabbein is doing 90% of the work and Aaron is doing 10%. No. From here you see a big chiddish. Shkulim hem. They're equal partners because you cannot do everything on your own. Then we view it as if you did it together. You're totally an equal partnership. Malach number three. The first two malachim actually, Moshe Feinstein says it in Drush Moshe. Malach number three. My good friend, Rab Daniel Stolbach, Shlita wanted to tell me this idea. I think it's a very nice mahalach. And he's marviach the following diuk. There actually is one other place that I am familiar with at least that actually says a similar idea. It's in Pasha's Pinchas in Bamidbar. He says, Bamidbar Kaf Zayn, 
Pasuk Aleph, it says over there that Blot Slofchad, sometimes it mentions their names in a certain order and sometimes in a different order. So Rashi over there says a similar idea. He says, you know why? Because it's to teach you Sheshkulim Zelaze. Sounds very similar to our Pasuk. What Rashi says by us in last week's Parsha. Parshas Vaeva. But there is one word almost, a very subtle difference, which perhaps makes all the difference. And that is, over there, in Parshas Pinchas, it says they're equal to each other. Shkulim zelaze. It does not use that same lashon by us. By us in our parshas, in Parshas Ve'era, it says shkulim ke'echa. They're equal as one. What does it mean? They're equal as one. Perhaps what we're saying, at least in this mission, shkulim ke'echad. They were equal partners, as if they were one person. Ke'echad, like one. Moshe and Aaron realized. Perhaps not only in this mission, but definitely in this mission, that they were working as a unified team. One person. When you work as one person, it's not shayach to say one person's better than the other, one person's doing more than the other. You're together. It's a team effort. Shkulun ke'echad. So it could be, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu is on the higher level. But Klape, this mission, they viewed that they were together as one. And that's why it says they're equal. Because it doesn't matter how much the right hand did versus the left. They're together. I want to add to what he said that we know that Moshe and Aaron are connected the two spheres, Netzach and Hoid. For those of you who have who say the Ushpizin on Sukkot, we know Moshe and Aaron Netzach and Hoid. Netzach and Hoid, we know in the Arizal it says that they're two halves of one of one goof. They're tre palgi. They're two halves that never get disconnected. Unlike the other spheres, there's something very unique about them that they're always one. So this goes very nicely together with this idea. That Moshe and Aaron are together all the time. Which goes also very nicely together with the idea that each sphere represents something in the human body. As it says, M'psari echaze lokai. Which in Pasuk, it's a Pasuk in Eve, but it hints to the fact that through our bodies we could see how the world, how Hashem runs the world. And hence, Netzach and Hoid represents the two legs. A person can't walk with both legs. You need both legs to walk. Everything else, if you lose one, one something, it, it's, you still can function overall. But Netzach and Hoid representing the legs, you need both of them. And that's how Moshe and Aaron viewed each other. They viewed each other that they were part of the same body. Perhaps even Bnei Israel reached such a level, on a wholesome level, Right before Matan Torah, Ke'ish Echad Belev Echad. And perhaps that is the unbelievable level of having Achdus. Because also, because no, no one's jealous of anyone. Everyone realizes they're part of a team. And perhaps that's the reason that Shalom is the biggest Kli, the best vessel of getting, receiving the Shefa, the Bracha, the blessing from HaKadosh Buchu, as Chazal tell us. It reminds me, Lahavdil, a long time ago, when I used to be a captain of uh, the, the Yeshiva, that I was in the basketball team, then I realized that the teams that did really well are the teams that felt that they were one unit. It didn't matter who got the, who scored, who got the basket. It didn't matter. It mattered that if you felt you were like a team and you played like a team, it was almost inevitable that they did a lot better. I think later on in the game, Abu Hashem, I don't know right now how it works, but I know at some point they changed and added a statistic, which I think makes a lot of sense, that it does the statistic represented when the person is playing, how many points did their team get minus how many points did the the, 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 the other team, the opponent team got. 
And that was a gilui that revealed of how much that player helped the team. But it didn't matter if he got the point. The question at hand was, was he, how big of an asset was he for the team that when he was playing, the team was doing well? Because when you're part of one unit, it doesn't matter who does what. Perhaps that's one of the secrets to success, where we define success as being not being jealous of anyone, realizing you're part of a team, part of Achdus, part of Klal Yisrael, that we know all of Klal Yisrael are related, are, are together, are connected in their Chelek Eluk, Eluk Neshama, which is the Chelek Elokim Imal. So I want to suggest that perhaps there's a same root for all these three different answers. The question was, what do you mean Moshe and Aaron are Shkulimhen? They're equal? We all know Moshe Rabbeinu is on a way higher level. There's Tons of Midrashim screaming out this idea. And the answer is three different answers. Indeed, you're right. Moshe Rabbeinu on an individual level was a higher level than Aaron. His Shorish Neshama was higher. However, there's three different Malachim want to say why they are equal. Malach number one, they were both equal in general in the sense that they accomplished in life what their purpose was in life. So they both maximized their potential. Just like the Rambam says, that's what life is all about. Everyone can reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. No one can really reach the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Everyone can reach the idea of maximizing their potential. Malach number two is that even though Moshe Rabbeinu, even in this mission, did more, but because he couldn't complete the task on his own, and he didn't need Aaron's help to communicate to Paro and to others, that already made them Equal partnership. And that's a huge thing. You think you're doing something small, but you are needed. You are needed out there. And hence, you have full 100% partnership in whatever it is you're doing, especially Avodah Sashem. So don't be little and realize that what you're doing is a big thing. Each one of these answers has a huge thing in Avodah Sashem, a huge concept, a huge yesoid. And the third malach is Mordik. It's Marviach, the Diuk, that we said. That over here it says, they're shkulim ke'echa. They're like one. Because when you feel you're part of one unit, then of course you're together and you're one. And you're shkulim. You're the same. But they're all coming from the same place. The root for all these three answers of realizing that we each have a different mission in life. And hence it's almost absurd to try to compare us to some to some other yid. We have to realize that each one, we're all different, but we all have a mission. And each one of our missions is critical for Klal Yisrael to be matzliach. As we know, we each need each other. And that's why Achtus is such a basic infrastructure for Yiddishkeit. I want to end with a famous story about the Natsiv. The Natsiv, at one point in his life, brought out, brought out an, a very important sefer. It's called Emek Shaila. Now, when he brought out this sefer, he made a huge issue out of it. And he said, it's not my team for you. You're a very modest person. Why did the Rav make such a big seum for it and a huge and tons of people came over? And he answered, I'll tell you why. Because when I was growing up, there was one point I heard my parents when I was in my room, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with our son? He's not taking his learning seriously. He's playing around. It's probably just it makes more sense that we'll just teach him how to be a shoemaker. The second he heard that, it hit him really hard and he said, that's it, I'm changing, I'm changing, I'm going to take my learning seriously. And indeed, he got out of that and he started learning seriously. that we know, the Helig and all his form that he has. And he said, the reason I'm celebrating this is because it could have been so scary for me. I could have gone up to Shamaim and they could have told me, this could have, this safer. Why didn't you come up to the safer? You could have written this. Instead of you made a shoe, that's what you're coming up to Elam with. Your tough kid was that you had the ability, your potential was to write a safer and to learn on the high level like you're doing. But instead, 
you just like you could have been doing had he not been learning. Instead, all you did was make a shoe. Now, the idea over here again is screaming out, maximizing your potential. Mind you, for some people, making a shoe is what it's all about. And learning a couple hours a day is his tough kid. And that's unbelievable. That's what the Mabit says in one of his farm in his Akdama. He says, a person could be learning 10 hours, but when you, but relative to someone that's working really hard to make Parnassah for his family is just learning two hours a day, those two hours can be worth way more. And we'll finish with what, we'll end with what Moshe Feinstein says. He says, that's Pshad in the Gemara that says, someone went to Shemaim and he saw people that looked on a high level over here in our world. They looked very low in the, the world above. Olam hafuchaiti. I saw an upside down world. So Moshe Feinstein says, what do you mean? Why is that so crazy? That makes a lot of sense. We live in the world of Shekel and the world to come will be the world of Emes. And then we'll see really where everyone's holding. So why is that so difficult? Elamai, that's not exactly what happened. What happened was, even in Oilam Abba, he saw people that were Nechshav, very high-level people. They were also pretty high there, and people called them all, you're a high-level person. But they were way lower. And the question was why? And the answer is, a scary answer, because they were still, relatively speaking, far from their potential. So you can't give yourself a pat on the back just because you did so well, because you have to always normalize that based on your potential. As the Ramban says in his famous Igeret to his family, just because you're doing well and you, you can't look down at someone else because you don't know if it's, if it's rich. Maybe when you have the Nisayan of money is very different, difficult. If it's poor, maybe say that's why, because it's poor. And that's how we have to view life. Yiratzon that will be down the cuffs, to everyone and realize we all have a tafkin. If we all do our tafkin and work together as a unit, we'll be able to reach Kilvas Elokim and our enemies will fall in front of us and we'll merit to be a Samashiach. This concludes another episode of the Prism of Terror. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Vefa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another lightning conversation on the Prism of Terror.